This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where our unofficial motto is, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. With apologies to Hunter S. Thompson. It's committee week at the state capitol as Florida lawmakers get things kicked into high gear, preparing for the legislative session in January. Jim Rossiker with Florida Politics is our studio guest today for a preview of all the fun things waiting in store to jump out and ambush us this week. There's a new campaign to get former felons to the polls in Florida. It's a statewide bus tour by a group called the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. They'll be on the road for the rest of the month. Florida is number one in fraud in America. All three members of the state cabinet are vowing to crack down. And thanks to Florida's unique system of governments, each of them has their own part to play and their own turf to defend in the fight against fraud. In the aftermath of a scathing investigation and a new audit, the State Department of Education is calling for a reboot of the Florida Virtual School, which serves more than 200,000 students in the Sunshine State. We'll also have your daily calendar of events and close out with two stories of Florida man doing what he does best, something creepy and something murdery. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, November 4th. Supporters of a constitutional amendment that restored voting rights to former felons are on the road, conducting a statewide bus tour to encourage them to vote. The Florida Rights Restoration Coalition kicked things off with a rally in Orlando over the weekend, taking former felons to the elections office for early voting in local races. As many as 1.4 million Floridians could regain their civil rights under Amendment 4. However, the state legislature tried to limit that number by passing a new law that says felons have to pay off all their fines, fees, and restitution before they can vote. A federal judge blocked that law last month, saying the conditions tacked on by the legislature would prevent about 80 percent of the former felons from actually voting. Legislative leaders have already committed to passing a new version of that law in the upcoming session. Florida's official nickname is, of course, the Sunshine State. However, our real claim to fame may be being the fraud capital of America. The Federal Trade Commission says there were 1,002 incidents of fraud last year for every 100,000 people in Florida, and that is the highest rate of any state. Also, Florida is home to 18 of the country's top 50 cities for fraud. It cost Floridians more than $84 million last year alone. And Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronas says they are fighting back. Veterans are twice as likely to be targeted in Florida than anywhere else in the United States. So, you know, we're we're number one for identity theft, number four for fraud of the nation. Uh, And I think that's just part of of a challenge that that I uh, I, I intend to fight every single day as we ensure that our citizens keep their hard-earned dollars. Nearly 80% of those that are targeted are our veterans. With 1.5 million veterans also calling Florida home, it's our duty to protect those, those individuals just like they've protected us. But it's troubling as these these scammers, you know, target our veterans, target our citizens. So we must continue to work for uh, an environment where we we are protecting them. That's where we rolled out Fraud Free Florida. FraudFreeFlorida.com is our website where we're, it's like a clearinghouse. You know, we're taking leads, we're taking information. We've got memorandums of understanding with, with local law enforcement agencies to try to create some, some synergy and sharing of communication with a little more awareness because of what is happening is just simply unacceptable. If you scam Florida's veterans, we will punish you. Veterans are not the only victims. The Department of Financial Services says seniors and the elderly are most likely to fall victim to investment, romance, and tech support scams. Attorney General Ashley Moody says the tech crimes are especially difficult, and she's asking lawmakers to help fight back by creating a specialized team to combat cyber fraud. As technology has developed... It's improved our lives, it's improved our efficiencies. There's no way I could be standing here and be the attorney general and be a mom without technology. 
But at the same time, it has allowed more opportunity for people to take advantage, not just of consumers, but of small businesses and medium businesses that don't have the resources of the large Fortune 500 companies that have internal teams and are looking for threats every day. And that is where we have a hole. That is where we have a gap in Florida. We do not have a trained team of prosecutors and investigators that can go after economic crime when it is done using technology. And we have to be better about dedicating resources to those and filling that hole. So we have to be able to protect Floridians in this state and the small businesses and medium businesses. And that's why I'll be asking the legislature to dedicate resources to building a cyber fraud team of specialized trained prosecutors and investigators to go after specifically cyber fraud. Even the state agriculture department is involved in the fight against fraud. The official name of the agency is the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. And Commissioner Nikki Freed says consumer services are no longer being treated like an afterthought. I promise to elevate consumer services to the forefront of our department, fighting fraud in all forms, including gas pumps, skimmers, fraudulent charities, and telemarketing scams. Many of these goals wouldn't be easy. But with new leadership and the tireless efforts of our 4,600 employees, I'm proud to say that we have risen to the challenge and our accomplishments speak for themselves. What makes this all a bit unwieldy is that there is no centralized agency that deals with fraud in Florida. The chief financial officer, the attorney general, and the ag commissioner all have carved out their own turf in the consumer protection biz, and past efforts to consolidate those offices have gone nowhere. It may not be the most efficient or effective way of dealing with fraud, but hey, at least we can say we're number one in something, right? Speaking of fraud, a new report from the state education department is recommending a complete overhaul for the scandal-plagued Florida Virtual School. DOE wants a new independent board of directors, a new inspector general, and a new standard of ethics for the online school that serves 200,000 Florida students. They're also recommending better cybersecurity because the school had a data breach last year that exposed the personal information of hundreds of thousands of former students. The virtual school has been in real trouble since an investigation by the Orlando Sentinel revealed a series of improper behaviors and spending practices at the school, which received $240 million in public funding. State law requires high school students to take at least one virtual class before they can graduate. Next up on Sunrise, we're talking about what's happening in the legislature this week. It is committee week. The House and Senate are back, not in the full floor mind you, just in the committees where they can be just as much of a nuisance. And to help us sort through what's going on this week is Jim Rosica with FloridaPolitics.com. Welcome, Jim. Well, thank you, Rick. I suppose I should say welcome back since you did fill in for me while I was gone. And I really do appreciate that. I haven't had a chance to tell you to your face, but thank you so much. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. It was a, an enjoyable gig for me. A rather strange gig, yes, but hey, what the heck. So we've got all sorts of fun things happening in committee this week. Have you figured out any particular bills that you think are really worthy of merit and being singled out? So I would say uh, of note would be stuff going on with sunscreen bans. You know, I'm just literally going to start with Monday and work my way down the week. Um, on Monday, we've got the Senate Innovation Industry and Technology Committee. What a wonderful name. Taking up a bill by Senator Rob Bradley, who is also the Senate's Appropriations Committee chair. Which means he usually gets what he wants. You would think. Yeah. I th I, and I think most of the time you're absolutely correct. So he is uh, he's, he has filed a bill, uh, SB 172. He wants to prevent local governments 
from enacting any bans on over-the-counter sales of sunscreen. And of course, the reason Key West did that is because there have been several scientific reports saying that certain chemicals in sunscreen can hurt the coral reefs and Key West wanted to protect their reefs. Correct. But once again, we have state lawmakers deciding, no, no, we know how to do things best. So we will preempt that. They They do this as a, what we call a preemption bill, which would reserve to the state any regulation uh, regulations on sunscreens. And that's important to the business community because it's real easy to get your way in the state legislature if you're a business. But if you have to go around and work every city and county in the state, you're going to have trouble. So they much prefer things preempted in Tallahassee because... The top-down solution, as I like to call it. Ah, exactly. And of course, there's also the fireworks bill that's coming up on Monday. The fireworks bill. So now we move to the Senate Community Affairs Committee. We've got a bill filed by Senator Travis Hudson, uh, a Republican of St. Augustine and one of uh, two people who is vying to become Senate president uh, after uh, Wilton Simpson, who will be Senate president after the current Senate president, Bill Galvano. One wishes they planned for the state as well as they plan for their own personal political futures. I would agree. Uh, they, they do a very good job uh, on, on both sides uh, of the rotunda planning for uh, leadership well in advance, much more so in the House, but uh, on, on both sides, to be sure. Now, of course, the funny thing about the fireworks bill is that's there's already a crazy loophole in the law where anyone can buy any types of fireworks, basically. All you have to do is request a waiver saying you're using it for agricultural purposes, which means you could be just lighting firecrackers to scare off birds that are eating your seeds. So basically, anyone can already do fireworks. Is is there a point in, in this, or is it just a feel-good bill, you think? I think as uh, Senator Jeff Brandis once put it, who had tried to do this bill himself in years past, uh, his famous uh, cry was, more freedom, less fraud. Essentially, his argument was that uh, people who go to buy fireworks, particularly at these roadside stands, uh, they're they're committing fraud by signing these waivers saying, yes, I'm only going to use it to scare birds off of a farm. I'm only going to use it to uh, scare uh, uh, seabirds off of a, a fishery, I think is another one of the exemptions. Uh, and so the argument against the current regime is just to to do away with the, with the silliness that's written into state law and, you know, either ban them outright, uh, make them all legal or uh, or some combination, some some middle ground, which is what uh, the, the bills this session are trying to do. Mm, I think we'd have trouble trying to get rid of fraud in Florida. To tell you the truth. In fact, the whole program today is sort of a fraud theme. So it's fireworks might as well be in there. Now, we've also got a fracking ban coming up. We have a fracking ban coming up uh, somewhere. That, that is in the Senate Environment and Natural Biz- Resources Committee. It's uh, Bill Monford's bill. Okay. So you know more about that than I do then, apparently. What are we trying to do there, Rick? <laughs> Just trying to set you up, Not my on my list here, pal. Oh, okay. Well, I, I got it on the list that you sent me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, look at that. I'm ahead of myself. All right. Uh, well, so, you know, fracking has been a, a contentious issue. Uh, certainly, there's been a main minority of interests, uh, folks who could make money who want to uh, uh, who want to frack, which is injecting this uh, mysterious chemical mix into the ground to loosen the ground to get the gas and the oil that is trapped in pockets to, to come up to the surface. And of course, the argument against that is a: we don't know what's in this chemical mixture, which is often uh, secret, protected as a A trade trade secret. secret, Um, And also there is some question as to 
uh, what harm it may be doing uh, uh, literally to the earth under our feet in terms of uh, worsening uh, any any faults that might be there, uh, any any cracks in the uh, in the substratum, uh, and so forth. And that's because of a unique process they want to use in Florida called was it acid matrix? There's some kind of fancy term. They basically shoot acid underground with all that chemicals, and it dissolves the limestone. Correct. Which kind of is holding up the rest of the state that you would limestone think base. you yeah. would think it would be something that we we don't want to do but uh, i apparently there's again the, like everything else there's there's science for it there's science uh, against it and, and there's money for it and there's money for it and of course when that happens both sides do battle in the capital all right now we also have visit florida coming up for renewal this next session they passed a sunset bill this year said if visit florida isn't renewed it goes away for good. And uh, we're coming up on a bill to extend it for, what, eight more years? Uh, I believe that is correct. So we're, we're now on Tuesday in the Senate Commerce and Tourism Committee. We'll have a bill filed by Senator Ed Hooper of Clearwater. And he that, that bill indeed would uh, extend the life of uh, Visit Florida. It's the public-private tourism marketing agency of the state. And that would extend its life until 2028. All right. What do you think the odds are on that? We've had a lot of fracking bills, uh, not fracking. We've had a lot of visit Florida bills over the past couple of years. And every year they seem to just survive by the skin of their teeth. You know, it's all about who's uh, uh, who's who's gore you're uh, who's who's, who's, who's you're goring. Gore. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, there's a lot of people who want to say visit Florida outright, certainly want to extend its life. Uh, it is much more so there's always been a contingent in the House, particularly among the upper echelons of leadership, uh, going back to um, former House Speaker, current Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran, who derided it as, quote unquote, corporate welfare. Another favorite term of Americans for Prosperity as well. They don't uh, like yes, at all. exactly. They don't like that. And the final bill I wanted to touch on is the Stolen Valor Bill that is coming up in the House Local Federal and Veterans Affairs Subcommittee. I believe on Tuesday, and uh, they basically want to make it illegal for people to pass themselves off as veterans or members of the military because, well, stolen valor is the whole point of the bill, right? Uh, it would, although as I recall, and this is an important loophole, an important and, and, and well worthwhile okay. exemption in at least one of these bills that I read, it will allow actors to portray, to portray... <laughs> Members of the military uh, in uh, whatever uh, whatever production might be happening. It might, oh. might be a, a stage play. It could be maybe it could be a commercial. Uh, uh, but it does have an exemption for actors to wear uh, such things as military uniforms and or medals. So they won't have to run the disclaimer about I'm not a veteran, but I play one on TV. Well, and of course, you know the problem is we still don't have any uh, film slash TV incentives in Florida. So uh, it, it's hard to predict what uh, what big productions uh, may come in Florida that's going to require uh, actors to wear military medals gotcha. and or uniforms. Now, is there any one bill that you're excited about this week, either as far as covering or just getting a chance to hear it aired out? Um, I would say that the thing that I most look forward to probably will be uh, there is uh, going to be a discussion about hemp, Rick. Ah, Hemp, the the cousin of marijuana, the the cannabis plant, the form of cannabis plant 
the uh, Senate Ag Environment and General Government Appropriations Subcommittee. Take a breath. Uh, they're uh, they're going to get some information from uh, FDACs, as they call themselves now, the Department of Agriculture and Consumer uh, Services, uh, about the uh, the state hemp program. And, and what is salient there is that the uh, department just came out with the state set of regulations for hemp. Uh, and I believe just recently also the uh, the feds came out with some uh, proposed rules. Which had been a long time in the offing. All the states that were dealing with this had no federal guidance. And they were really starting to freak, but they were told just keep going ahead. Exactly, correct. So now almost at the same time, we've had some proposed uh, state rules finally drop, some proposed federal regulations finally drop. So the the, the, the nascent hemp industry now has uh, plenty uh, to chew over now as uh, particularly as we go into the uh, 2020 legislative session. And the last I heard from Commissioner Freed, they were planning on having the first seeds planted by, well, if not the first of the year, maybe by the end of the year for the first commercial harvest of, uh, of hemp. And are you uh, planning to go out perhaps to one of these hemp farms and uh, cover the first day with the people sprinkling the seeds into the dirt? You know, hemp is sort of like Diet Coke. What's the point? You know, it's, 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 it, it I, I, wrong, sir. Wrong. <laughs> it is, it is the future I have, I have seen, I have heard. We're going to be making products such as hempcrete from hemp. Hopefully we'll be able to re replace uh, styrofoam with a form of hemp. And uh, hopefully uh, it will rebuild the panhandle, which lost all those trees. Absolutely. The it, now just it put is, up the hemp. It, 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 it is advertised as a, uh, a panacea for the uh, for the timber industry, which, which took an enormous hit it, uh, uh, after Hurricane Michael. It is starting to sound a bit like one of those Dr. Medicine Show elixirs that they used to sell back at the turn of the How previous century. How dare you, sir, accuse this... <laughs> This this is I, you know I seriously I don't I yeah. don't know I I think there has been a you know there there has been a lot of talk about hemp as uh, as this wonder crop um, I don't know uh, I was I attended one hemp workshop where one person uh, whose name of course I forget now uh, brought up the question that you know as as soon as you get your hemp grown and ready to sell there's going to be a whole bunch of you know cheap hemp for you know like everything else Rick. right there's right. going to be cheap hemp from mexico that's going to flood the market <laughs> so you know I, I don't know how i don't know how i don't know how accurate that is but certainly uh i heard that raised as a concern at one of the hemp workshops that i attended so you know what's what's promised as an entirely bright rosy future for florida hemp uh, maybe, may not be. Uh, I think the, uh, the the story has yet to be written, of course. Very well. That wraps it up for our preview today. Jim, thank you as always for coming in today. Thank you very much, Rick. And of course, uh, uh, bear in mind that this, this is the first of another two back-to-back -back committee weeks uh, before the uh, 2020 legislative session. There's going to be another committee week coming up on uh, December the 9th through the 13th, and that will be the last committee week, according to my schedule that I'm looking out here, before the uh, 2020 session begins Tuesday, January 14, 2020. Thank you very much. We'll fill out our calendars appropriately. Please do. All right. Thank you, sir. 
On your agenda today, the Senate Innovation, Industry, and Technology Committee takes up a bill by Senator Rob Bradley that would prevent local governments from banning over-the-counter sales of sunscreen. That's an effort to override a decision by Key West to ban certain types of sunscreen because of concerns that they're damaging coral reefs. That meeting starts at 1.30 in the Senate office building. The Senate Community Affairs Committee will take up a bill by Senator Travis Hudson that would make the use of fireworks legal on Independence Day, Memorial Day, and New Year's Eve. Now, under current law, most fireworks are generally illegal for Floridians to buy. However, there is a huge loophole in the law that lets you buy whatever fireworks you want and use them as long as you sign a waiver saying they will be used for agricultural purposes, like scaring away birds. That meeting happens at 4 p.m. in the Senate office building. The Senate Environment and Natural Resources Committee takes up a bill by Chairman Bill Monford that would ban the controversial oil and gas drilling process known as fracking. It would also ban matrix acidization, which uses many of the same chemicals, but it dissolves rocks with acid instead of fracturing them. The committee meets at 4 in the Senate office building. Congresswoman Kathy Castor holds a media availability to discuss this year's enrollment period for coverage through the health insurance exchange created by the Affordable Care Act. That's happening at 1030 in Tampa. The Florida Chamber of Commerce starts a two-day insurance summit with appearances by Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez, the State Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronas, and Citizens Property Insurance CEO Barry Gilway. It begins at 11.30 in Miami. And environmental groups are holding a news conference today to mark the fifth anniversary of passage of a constitutional amendment that required funding for land and water conservation projects, an amendment that Florida lawmakers have pretty much ignored. That's happening at noon in the Capitol Rotunda. And now, the continuing adventures of Florida Man, the hero Florida deserves but certainly doesn't need. A Florida man is accused of trying to hire a hitman to kill a faculty member at his high school north of Tampa. 18-year-old Nicholas Robert Godfrey is charged with first-degree attempt to solicit murder. Pasco County deputies say he posted messages on Instagram offering $100,000 for a professional killer, saying he needed that teacher eliminated as soon as possible. Even though he never connected with the hitman, the sheriff says the threat itself is a serious crime. A Florida man who is a registered sex offender is accused of using a Bible app to secretly connect with underage girls at a church youth group. A churchgoer contacted the Department of Law Enforcement, telling investigators she became suspicious of Douglas Earl Kersey's activity and searched his name online after he sent friend requests to several teenage girls. Turns out Kersey spent almost three years in prison for transmission of material harmful to minors and unlawful use of a two-way communication device. He's now accused of violating the rules for sex offenders by failing to report to the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office any email addresses, websites, and profiles to social media accounts he was using, including that Bible app. Failure to report that information is a felony. One final note this morning from the Florida Man file. Now that Donald Trump has changed his official residence from New York to Florida, the president has become an official Florida man. Just about says it all, don't you think? That's it for this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee for Florida Politics.